Hey guys, today is Yedalen Shvat. Uh, happy almost to be Shvat. Um, so we're up to chapter 24, Parachav uh, Dalid. Today, this chapter is all about, so I mean, I believe three parts, but this chapter is all about um, practically, like, why does everything that we've been talking about lead to me doing a mitzvah and not doing an avera? Like, practically speaking like what does it have to do with my actual choice in this world of what i do and what i do what i choose to, what i choose to do and what i choose to not do so um just as a little bit of a prerequisite to that i'll talk about in in yesterday's tanya in past few days tanya chapter 23 we were talking about is this intense unity that happens inside of our inside of our human experience and it's not always a conscious experience sometimes it's a subconscious experience but this this experience that happens inside of us where we literally become unified with Hashem's essence as he exists even before he created the world. Like as he is just him and him himself and how that happens when we do when we learn Torah, when we do a mitzvah. It's, it's really this like ultimate unification happening, this deep, deep, deep level of intimacy. And what Dr. Bo is telling us is that when we contemplate on that fact that that happens, it leads us to this place of kikar velacha because then suddenly it's like, whoa, oh my gosh, like Hashem is actually real. Like Hashem is actually inside of my life enough that I can actually experience this state of unity with Him without like, without leaving myself. When I actually just open myself up to become transparent to Him, I experience it, which means that He's always here. I just had to allow myself to be open to this experience. And essentially that experience does come through choice right through the choice of saying i choose to be transparent to the light of hashem that is always shining through me um and today's tanya the author is going to say the flip side which is the zelu masa of what happens when we make the choice to say i choose to not be transparent to the light of hashem that is shining through me because truth is hashem's light is always shining through us that's that's the reality doesn't not include anything even a moment of doing a sin even a moment of there's no moment that isn't part of enamavade the question is my where is my consciousness where is my vision of myself and of the world around me what is it seeing and the was telling us that what we are able to see in a moment of doing tarot mitzvahs is we can actually become open to seeing that i am to seeing ourselves as transparent to to the godliness it's like a triple thing <laughs> it's like that is what's happening and then it's the consciousness of saying wow this is happening but on the flip side we also always have the choice to say actually hashem isn't shining through me and what we're going to talk about today is that that moment of saying hashem is not shining through me um in that moment we actually become even lower quote unquote than klipa because klipa is you look at klipa and you say wow this is this is something that hashem is not shining through right that's how we've been defining klipa how the author has been defining klipa as a shell of existence this is what it looks like not what it actually is it looks like something separate from god and it doesn't tell it it doesn't say the truth that it's actually united with god but what the author was going to explain to us today is that the in the world of klipa and in the world of klipa that isn't attached to humans so the, in the world of klipa of things in the world and of the desire that comes up inside of us and of impulse and all of these things because that kind of klipa is that kind of klipa 
Kliba in general is actually always doing the will of Hashem. And because it's always doing the will of Hashem, it's Klippa because it's not shining godliness through it, and yet it is not actually, it's not the worst kind of evil. The worst kind of evil, the worst kind of fragmentation is when a human being who has the ability to say, I choose to be transparent to God, comes and says, and I choose the, I choose the opposite. So um, there's, there's more differentiation here. I and mean, the main point of this differentiation, I think, from what I'm understanding, is that Daltorb is like leaning us in to this power of choice that we have and that the power of choice that we have in our lives isn't a small detail of our creation. It's not like, oh, Hashem created us, now go live your life. And oh, also, by the way, you have the power to choose. It's like the power of choice that we have. And this totally ties into everything that we're just coming from with Yud Shvat and how the purpose of creation is Iskafia and Ishabcha. Like the purpose of creation is us looking at our lives as we're experiencing them and saying, Iskafia, what are you actually this thing that is coming up inside of me, that is fear or anxiety or sadness or disconnect or loneliness or whatever it is, you are not the fullness of who I am. You are a part of me. You are you are a klipa inside of me, but you are not me. Is Habcha then being like, well, where what do you actually want? Where are you actually coming from? What would you desire if you didn't want to, you know, protect me with this shell of disconnection, of the cell shell of of disconnectedness? You know, but that whole process that happens of us really leaning into our lives and becoming people who are, who lean out of non-transparency to God and lean towards transparency to God, transparency towards the unity, transparency towards connectedness of all the parts of us. You know, that choice that we have to do that is really significant. It's really the purpose of all of creation. And so the author is in this chapter leaning us into it's not a small thing that we have the power to choose to be transparent or not transparent, to choose to see ourselves as transparent, or not transparent. It's a really big deal. Um, and so this is, you know, it could sound harsh almost what Alter is saying, but I think that the harshness is a reflection of the Alter, but letting us know, like, you're not just a puppet in this world. Like, you hold the purpose of all of creation inside of your power of choice. And the, the the ability that you have to choose to of the ability that you have to choose how you see yourself in this lifetime, as transparent to God or as not transparent to Hashem, as one with the unity or as the peak of the mountain that you know the one that got away. God is real, but I'm over here. God is great, but this problem is too big. God is awesome, but I'm gonna struggle with this forever. Like that choice that we have in those experiences is really significant and the flip side of it of what happens when we when we don't make the choice to be transparent to Hashem it actually has a a consequence there's an influence of that you know there is real energy being created from us not choosing to be transparent to who we actually are to you know and and so the altar was basically leading us into the to the to noticing the intensity of of our lives really you know um you know we're not we're not just small beings we're, we really hold a lot of power okay anyways moving in and hashem created everything with its counterpart meaning that everything that has a huge element of kedusha also has an element of klipa there's always um one second there's a weird noise <laughs> yeah one second Okay, there's a weird sound coming out of the wall, but I'm just going to pretend it's the tip-tap of brain and choose to let it calm me instead of distract me. Okay, so, 
this opposite this everything that has one thing this reminds me of in crown heights you know there's 770 right and then every year on labor day there's this massive parade right by 770 and it's like klipa of klipa like it's literally like klipa in the sense of there is no transparency of hashem there there's no transparency of you know like <laughs> and it's like like you know where there's holiness there's also the opposite so Oh, so but what is the what are we contrasting now? We're contrasting to this experience that we just are coming from of this intense unification with the essence of Hashem that we experience through Tara Mitzvahs. And why does it lead to that? Because in a moment of Tara Mitzvahs, you're saying, I am acknowledging that I am transparent to God's will. I am acknowledging that I am nothing but a manifestation of Hashem. And so of course I'm gonna do what Hashem wants. Of course I'm gonna lean into it's like it's like it's like that moment when a couple let's say a couple that's been fighting and then they are just feeling disconnected. And then that moment when they look at each other and they say, I am in acknowledgement that I am yours and you are mine and we are belong to each other. And there is nothing that I want more than to be united with you because we are each other's. And so let's lean into the intimacy. And now suddenly I'm going to do what you love when I do. And I'm going to not do what you don't love when I don't do. That was a tongue twister. I don't even know if those words were correct, but it's like that moment of like leaning into the intimacy because I am acknowledging the transparency that we have with each other. I'm acknowledging this, the intimacy that we are. And so I lean into the intimacy. So Zelma said the opposite of that are the, and so that would be like doing a mitzvah or actively learning Torah. So the opposite is the 365 negative commandments, which are don't do this and don't do that. And all the rabbinic prohibitions. They are the opposite and contrary to Hashem's will and wisdom. Hashem is literally saying, I don't like when you do that. This is not reflecting of me. They represent total and complete separateness from his unity and oneness. They, meaning the doing of that thing, because Hashem is literally saying, I am telling you not to. <laughs> and so when you go and do it, you're essentially saying, I don't care. I think I'm separate. This I'm choosing this moment as separate. You know, a person and their... It's like saying, it's like two, it's like a, imagine a couple that, oh yeah, we're so connected to each other, but they're constantly hurting each other. How connected are you? You know what I mean? It's like, if you're, if you're going to be connected to me, if you're going to be intimate with me, then you need to not do what I really don't like. And if this is really hurting, if you're hurting me, and if you're doing this thing that actually hurts me, or that I really had told you a million times that I don't like, like that is a lack of connection. That is a representation of separateness, not of connectedness. So, Kamai HaSitra, and that's essentially what happens every time that we do a negative commandment. Kamai HaSitra Akhar Vaklipa Hanikres Avaydazara. This is along the lines of the klipa and sitra achra. They write this other side, this shell that is called avaydazara, which is literally, avaydazara we translate as idolatry, but it's the service of an alien force. Zara is like otherness, it's stranger, it's alien. And so essentially what you're saying is you're serving something other than the one Hashem that you are in this relationship with. You're saying, I, I'm choosing that instead of you. It's literally other gods you're saying hashem i'm choosing that instead of you machmas it's essentially 
having an affair. It's a complete concealment of the light of Hashem, like we said above. Um, and it's pretty intense what we're saying here because we're saying that every time that you do an Avera, it's essentially like Avedazara. But if, you are, if, we, if you're following what we're saying, which is that Enumavada doesn't only apply to some bigger context of life, but Enumavada applies to the details of life. To this moment right here where Hashem is saying, don't do that. That's, this, this is where Hashem is right now. And so if you're saying, I don't care, you're essentially saying Hashem isn't here. Um, so, are you though? I don't know. Okay, let's continue reading. Um, this, the three garments that are in the Klipas Naga of a Jew, which is the, the thought, speech, and action that you're using to go do this negative commandment, that are now being enclosed in this negative commandment, in this thing that Hashem told you not to do. And also the essence of my soul that is clothed in this garment that is doing this thing. So this is kind of the exact flip side of what we were talking about before, that when my thoughts between action are enclosed in a mitzvah, and I'm experiencing this ultimate unity, this ultimate transparency, now we're saying the flip side, when my thoughts between action and my soul are enclosed in a art manifesting through slash enclosed in an avera i'm literally experiencing non-transparency i'm experiencing disconnectedness in that moment they are being completely unified with the other side and with the shell which is literally the serving of the other serving something that is not god the light-eyed ella Furthermore, they become secondary and subordinate to, to it, much lower and even more debased than it. So it's not only that in the moment where I am not transparent to God, but I am now being transparent to this Avaidazara moment. I'm being transparent to this otherness of creation. And if, just take a moment to think about what Avaidazara is. And I was hearing this from Yessi from. I, don't know, I think his name is Jesse Gordon. I don't know. But Rabbi Gordon. Um, he was basically explaining that Avaidazar is any time that you say, I need this more than I need God. So, And it's funny because we do it all the time. And I, I just posted on my WhatsApp status this why, why, like why, why, Jacobson makes these like why, why moments where it's essentially like the times that he talks really passionately in his speeches. <laughs> and then he takes them and he puts them into like two minute clips. But one of them was he was saying, he was saying that this Pasuk of Ana Hashem Kiani Avdacha, right? I, and so a lot of times people translate that as, please God, I am your servant. But he's saying that Ana, that please is Ana with an olive, but this is Ana with a hey. Because really what we're saying here is Ana Hashem, Hashem, look, wherever you are, Ana means where, where are you, Hashem? Wherever you are, that's where I'm going to be your servant. If you want me to be here in this moment that I'm in right now, that's where I'll serve you. That's where I'll be. That's where I'll become transparent to you. But he was saying, like, how often do we say, I need to be there in order to be happy? Or I need to be, I need to experience this. Or I need to look like that. Or I need to have that in order to be happy or in order to be successful, in order for things to be okay. Like, we're constantly thinking that we need to be somewhere else or be someone else or be somehow else or do something else or in order to live okayly, in order to feel okay, in order to have what we need or whatever it is, you know? That's literally avaidazara because you're saying that 
I am serving this thing that I don't have that I think that I need more than I'm serving the fact that Hashem is the one creating me in this moment with exactly what I need. So it's, it's this moment of saying I'm transparent to this thing that I think I need more than I'm transparent to the truth that Hashem is creating me right now in a perfect moment of Edom Lovadeh. And what Altarb is saying here is that in that moment where you are choosing with your free choice to say, I'm transparent to this moment of Avedazara, to this moment of otherness more than to God, we are actually in a state where we're lower than Klippa. Why? Kihi, the Klippa, so again, the Klippa meaning not my choice to become transparent to the klipa, but the klipa itself, that I'm being transparent to, the klipa itself, it's not enclosed in a physical body, and it knows its maker. And it never does something that actually rebels against God. Like Bilam said, I cannot violate the word of God. So even though Klippa is called Avaita Zara, they're still called, they still call God the God of gods. What's essentially happening with, with Klippa? As Klippa is manifest in the world, Klippa isn't rebelling against God. Klippa is doing the will of its maker. Hashem sends Klippa in the world to be a shell of him. And so when Klippa acts as a shell of him, it's doing exactly what it's meant to do. And it's not doing anything more and anything less. It is literally only doing the Ratzon Kim. And it's saying, it, what Klippa is being born to say is I am separate from God. But Klippa looks at God and says, yo, you, you're the one that sent me here to tell the world that I'm separate from you. <laughs> so Klippa is doing everything right in a sense. And it cannot um, go against God's will. Because it knows and perceives that Hashem is the one that is giving it its life. It knows that it's coming from Bechina Sacharaim. It doesn't think that it's like Hashem's best friend, you know, but it knows that it's coming from Bechina Sacharaim. Essentially, it knows that it's coming from God. It, what it doesn't know is that the way that Hashem manifests Klippa in this world is to have the experience of Hashem made me, but now I am showing myself to be separate from Him. But Klippa never actually thinks that it's separate from Him. It calls God because it, it call, they call themselves Elikad Elikaya because it says, I am a God that God is creating. I am a peak of the mountain, but I know that I'm really only here because God is making me to be here. And I know that my whole purpose in this life is to do God's mission. So the thing that's, a, that's in exile is the unity that it has with the God that's making them. But essentially, it's essentially Klippa literally can never do anything other than its divine mission um and it's actually interesting to note for a second that like this i learned this in this by marabiyam ashti asar that it there's a big conversation in chassidus that there's a concept of shituf which is that hashem actually gives power to created beings aka like the sun or the moon to give power to the world and 
it's avaydazara for a Jew to believe in shituf. But it's not necessarily avaydazara for a non-Jew to believe in shituf. And there's a whole bunch of different explanations of why that is. But one of the points of this conversation here is that for a Jew, a Jew has the power to choose to see everything as literally transparent to the unity of Hashem completely and absolutely because we have a divine soul. Because the divine soul knows that to be true and so we're able to choose to see life through the lens of our divine soul. But klipa is created to see things a certain way. Klipa is literally created to see things as shituf, as God created me to act like a god. That's how klipa is created to perceive things. So it's not doing anything wrong, but for a Jew, a Jew has the ability, because we have an official kiss, because we have the space inside of us that has this broader perspective that sees the literal unification of heaven and earth, of Yam and Yabasha, of of the ocean that was split and of the dry land, of of the unity of literally everything. Ain Eid Milvadai, like Ain Od Milvadai. Nothing, literally nothing other than the unity of Hashem Himself. And because we have the space inside of us that sees things like that, we have the ability and because we have free choice, for us to not see reality as transparent to that truth is a great big bad thing <laughs> versus for klipa it's not that bad because that is who they're being created to be so just continuing about what does klipa do what is the state of klipa they don't say that god is not they call God the God of gods. They know that their existence essentially ultimately comes from God. They know they're dependent on Him. Therefore, they never rebel against God's will. <laughs> and it's so funny to think about this because you think of Klipa, oh, this force inside of me that is going against God, trying to get me to do the wrong thing. It's not. It's literally a manifestation of Hashem Himself. And it's only doing exactly what Hashem wants it to do. It follows that, if so, if this klipa is only doing God's will, the person, that, the Jew, that has this power to choose to be transparent to God, to choose to either listen to the voice of klipa or to not listen to the klipa, and chooses to listen to the voice of klipa, chooses to become transparent to klipa instead of the kedusha. Is even becomes even lower than this klipa, which is called the Zara and alikim acherim. Who and this person who is choosing to do an avera, who is choosing to be transparent to the klipa instead of the klipa, who betachlis hapirud miyuchudav achdus hashalakadish baruchu yaiser mivena, becomes completely separate from the unity of Hashem. Uchilu kaifar baachdus yaiser mivena uchas v'shalom and becomes even more radically disconnected than the klipa itself through denying his unity. This moment of transparency to the klipa is the worst aspect of life. It is the most intense evil that could possibly exist. It's the most intense separateness that could possibly exist of all of creation. Why? Because it's not that, because klipa is being created to reflect separateness. And so the moment that it's reflecting separateness, it's doing its divine mission. But for me, when I reflect separateness, I am doing the opposite of my divine mission because my divine mission is to have the choice of 
ability to see separateness and ability to see transparency and then choose to be transparent to the Kedusha. But when I choose the opposite, when I choose to be transparent to separateness, it's the worst possible thing because it's, it's because there was the potential for otherwise. There was the potential for Kedusha and, it was, and I chose Klippa. I chose what it looked like instead of what it actually is. And Alter Rebbe calls it, it's the sediment of the purification process, meaning it's the, it's the lowest part of the potential of what there could be. So there's, this, there's, a, there's a mirror that happens in creation of the power of choice and of what happens through the power of choice. And when I choose to use my power of choice to choose Klippa instead of Kedusha, to choose non-unity instead of unity, it's like I am the the sediment at the bottom of the bottle of wine. And it was just interesting because I was looking into what that mushroom might mean. Uh, and I was looking up what the sediment, what sediment could be used for. It's actually interesting because it could be used for a lot. It actually has a lot of advantageous qualities. And it's actually called wine diamonds. That stuff that's on the bottom of the wine that people that people take out of the wine is actually called the diamonds of the wine. And again, this is one card of Hasidus, you know, but another card of Hasidus is, is going to come and tell us that that moment of when you use your power of choice, this ultimate superpower that you have in the world that Hashem is literally giving you saying, please use this to become transparent to me, to become transparent to the unity. And when we use that to become transparent to the klipa instead, yeah, it's a big, it's not great. It's, we're literally doing the opposite of what we were created to do. And yet also what's happening in that moment is that we're creating diamonds because the potential for teshuva from that moment onwards is is enormous. Um, you know, can't stand. So separate conversation, but there's there's always hope, you know. Anyways, for this reason, for the reason that like everything that we're saying right now, that, you know, the altar is not just saying that, oh, you have the power to choose and it's, you're going to end up choosing the wrong thing and that's a really big bad thing. The altar is essentially saying that Klippa makes you feel <laughs> like you're separate from God. But Klippa isn't doing anything wrong because Klippa is doing exactly what it's meant to do, giving you this intense feeling that you're separate from Hashem. And then, what do you have? You have this power of choice to either choose to be transparent to the klipa or be transparent to this inner voice inside of you, somewhere in you that knows that Hashem is really everything and that, you know, everything is really Hashem's love. But that's a big, intense struggle. That's not something small. That's a really big deal. Such a big deal that it leads to this, to that, that it is a big deal what you end up choosing. But the fact is, is that it's, it's understandable that it's a struggle. It's understandable that it's complicated if I should choose to be transparent or not be transparent. You know what I mean? And the fact is, is that based on the intensity of this choice that we have, therefore, life is going to be hard. <laughs> It's going to be hard and it's going to appear to be fragmented. fragmented and in, if you're going to translate that directly, evil and harshness and wicked are going to prevail. 
the the complicatedness of life and the separateness of life and the the difficulty of life and the the non-connectedness of life is gonna feel like it's stronger than the opposite it's gonna feel like it's stronger than the small voice inside of me that's saying oh really but everything's connected you know and it's gonna be a continuing the conversation but um first of all just it's this it's harsh but it's also a lot of validation in the beginning of this chapter of like the extent to which we're held accountable you know the extent to which it's a big deal that we choose kedusha over klipa is the extent to which it's a challenge is the extent to which it makes sense that it's a struggle um and yeah just one quick thing that i read in this steinzaltz tanya i'm actually just going to read it straight from here because he just wrote it really beautifully okay so he calls this anecdote evil as an agent of god so in one of his most audacious parables the basham tells about a king who wanted to learn whether his subjects were loyal. He clothed one of his servants in royal garments and told him, go out and incite a rebellion. So this king tells his servant, go, go cause chaos, go cause everybody to rebel against me. The servant proclaimed a rebellion against the king and the king waited to see how the people would react. Those who were wicked, AKA those who were transparent to the separateness, joined the rebellion while those who were worthy fought against it those who, you know, were aligned with the truth of, like, really, you know, the king is good. (laughs) We're like, no, 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 we want to be transparent to Hashem. But there was one righteous and wise man who did not involve himself in the conflict at all. Instead, what did he do? He approached the servant and told him. And again, this servant didn't look like a servant, right? This servant looked like a uh, antagonist to the king, this evil guy that was fighting against Hashem, fighting against the king. But this person, he didn't either join him or go against him. He approached him. What did he say? He said, what did he say? He said, I know as well as you do that you are only a servant of the king and that you have no standing of your own. Immediately, the entire rebellion came to an end. Whew. After such an insight, there is no Satan, no angel of death, and no evil inclination. And so I just bless us all that this chapter is going to continue and we're going to see even more about what the altar is telling us when he's telling us that Klippa doesn't hold life of its own. Klippa is a manifestation of God's will. We are the one that holds the choice. And essentially what the altar is telling us in this is that stop looking at ourselves and seeing the parts of us as you know, we it's we do this all the time. We 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 have struggles in our lives. We have struggles in our in our own inner landscapes, and then we're like, and then we 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 do something that is like a no. We do something that we don't like about ourselves, and then later that later in the evening, we beat ourselves up and we're like, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. Why did you do that? Da da da. And it's like we think that that person that's beating us up is ourself, and that the other thing is the part of us. But what Alter is saying is that like. There's, there's really basically never room to beat up the part of ourselves that's and that's quote-unquote antagonistic. There is kind of room for it at times. Wow, okay, I'm seeing a very big picture here and I'm trying to stay consolidated. But in essence, that's what I was saying is that moment of like that wise, righteous man went over to the servant that was causing the rebellion and saying, 
I know why you're actually here. No bad parts. No bad parts. If you haven't bought the book yet, buy the book. Richard Schwartz, No Bad Parts. This, this thing that is inciting me towards disconnection, towards loneliness, towards sadness, towards whatever it is, towards non-transparency of God, it's not actually bad. It's not actually working against me. It is here on a mission. It's here in, on a mission. And when I can go over it and say, I know as well as you do that you are only a servant of the king and that you have no standing of your own. And then I can be curious about you. And I can say, tell me why you're actually here. What, what do you actually want? What, what pain led you to feel this? What pain led you to want to convince me that I need to act out or this, in this way or, or, or enclose myself in this way or feel this painful emotion, you know? Like, um, but when we can see all the parts of us as, just like Bilam said, I can only say the will of my master, you know? There isn't some big evil monster inside of us that's trying to hurt us. Every single part of us is here doing the will of the master, of our of of Hashem, of ourself, essentially. And there's there's really no bad parts. And the power of choice is the power that we, as the self of us, as this our own self shining in our soul, we have the power to say, you know hi hi i'm gonna see you for what you actually are and i'm not gonna be embarrassed of you and i'm not gonna be ashamed of you and i'm not gonna be mad at myself that i struggle i'm not gonna be mad at myself that i may have a more intense inner landscape you know like every part of me is here as part of the wholeness of who i am every part of the world even the parts that seem dark and and dreary are part of the wholeness of who hashem is and i don't have to be afraid there's nothing to fear but fear itself and just this Tanya is already so long. I thought that this Tanya would take like 10 minutes, but there's just so much to discuss. But I learned, I was learning a mimer on Shabbos and Alter was contrasting the difference between tohu and tikkun and explaining that what happened in tohu is that there was only right and left. There was only chesed and gvura. Everything was in itself. Chesed was only chesed and gvura was only gvura. And it couldn't work that way because it was. that's as if saying like, I am anxious and I am only anxious and anxiousness is me and da da da. And then I'm suddenly happy and it's like, I am happy and I'm suddenly happy and I'm only happy. It's like when parts are only parts and parts just become your self-identity, that's the world of Tohu. It's the, and that world naturally combusts because it, it doesn't work. You can't, it, life doesn't work like that. It doesn't, it's not sustainable. What's the world of Tikkun? The world of Tikkun is where Hashem added a middle line now there was chesed and there was gvura and there was teferis in the middle. And essentially what that middle line was, it was, there Rebbe explained this time, that that middle line is the arin saif that's beyond both the right and the left. And essentially what that is, is that's the power of self that we've been talking about this whole time. It's the power of choice that we all have inside of us. And it's the, literally the power of bechir chafshis. And it's that power to look at all of the parts of me that are complicated and that are self-righteous that are saying i am i and i am i and i am i and to say i know i from this place of self the place of our in self self not klipa self or in sof self i can say i know that you are only a servant of the king i know that you are only an expression of the wholeness of who i am and so i can be curious about you instead of upset at you and i can be compassionate towards you instead of angry towards you and then what happens is we become able to kind of hold ourselves instead of be dismantled by ourselves 
So I'm going to stop today's recording because it's already really long. I'm sure that I'm going to say that Toho and Tikkun thing again over the next few days throughout this chapter. So if you listen to this every day, I apologize, but I could hear it a million times. So I don't feel that bad, actually. Anyways, happy to be Shabbat and l'chaim, l'chaim, l'chaim.